Welcome to the Sam Says Podcast. I'm Samantha Oldsfry, the CEO of the Illinois Association of Medicaid Health Plans, also known as IMHIP. In this podcast, we focus on all things surrounding the Illinois Medicaid Managed Care Program. I'm the Sam and Sam Says, and today I'm so excited to welcome Angie Grover, co-founder and COO of Chicago-based data company, Metopio. One of my favorite people, one of my favorite data tools. Um, I'm so excited to talk about this and the intersection of data and managed care and how we use the fantastic tools that they provide to improve health equity here in Illinois and how you guys can too. Like this is just such an underutilized resource. This is not a Metopio commercial. It is just my love of this work. So Angie, welcome. Thanks, Sam. I'm glad to be here with you today. We can talk all things data, and I'm really pleased that Metopio helps you and your members deliver the best possible care to a really important population, which is the Illinois Medicaid population. I love what you guys do. I love um, I love how it all works. So let's just sort of dive right into their level set. Tell us about Metopio and the tools that you guys offer. Sure. You know, Sam, We built Metopio because we saw how many missed opportunities there were to really incorporate community context and access data, and then put those analytic capabilities in the hands of all knowledge workers. So if you think about it, this is essentially anyone who works for a health plan, right? Everybody is looking at data. You're always trying to drive to your metrics. So what the Metopio platform does is provide curated, verified data and ridiculously easy tools, as you can vouch for, I think, um, so that you can understand populations and places that you care about. We really want you to be able to access the data, use our maps, charts, tables, scatter plots, all of our tools, uh, to learn more about where your patients live and to really pinpoint the barriers or hardships that exist that keep them from living a full and healthy life. And I can just attest, it's so easy to use. I am a data nerd and that I like love data. I love analytics, but I'm not like an IT person. I am the least technically savvy millennial you'll ever, ever deal with, but I love Metopio and I can run regressions with Metopio. I can do scatter plots. I can map it out by community, by legislative district, by, um, you know, region, uh, county, I mean, it's just so much. And it's, um, it's such a powerful tool and it's amazing how easy it is to use. And I just don't think that I've ever seen a tool with so much information where somebody like me can just understand it and digest it in a meaningful way and make sure that it, is accurate and and meaningful. Like we say this all the time in economics, you know, correlation doesn't mean causation and sort of like taking out the noise because so much of what we're dealing with, especially when we talk about social determinants of health is, is is poverty. And how do we look at a community and understand like, what is, what are some of the causes of, of the outcomes we're seeing? And is it, um, transportation? Is it, um, you know, a lack of providers, is it a lack of food or, you know, potentially is it, is it poverty? Um, and you guys just make it so easy to run those regressions and make sure that there's actual correlation, um, which is critical from a public policy lens, but also critical in a managed care lens. And can you talk a little bit about 
um, how these tools can be used in managed care um, to improve health equity. Yeah, and you hit on two really important things. One is just the flexibility of the platform to create that unique geography. Like HFS has a region. So, you know, let's let's look at this data. And so much time is wasted curating data sets over and over again for specific geographies when really that's what Metopia has done for you is we let you click and you get that unique data set right away. So, you know, when we talk about the social determinants of health, obviously they're not new. Um, but they really are kind of at the center of everything, especially as COVID has brought to light how deep these disparities go. And so, you know, um, really it is the social determinants of health that uncover these disparities and tee them up so we can figure out how do they impact, you know, your management of your diabetes or how do they impact your ability to have a healthy baby? So, um, you know, I know at least 10 states probably more now, are really integrating social determinants of health into their managed care relationships. I know they're doing that here in Illinois. Um, Some of the ways they're doing that is requiring screening, and that can get unwieldy sometimes. Um, And Metopio can help you near that because, you know, health, that's every part of your life pretty much outside of health, right? Um, There are requirements to include social determinants of health and care management, or in quality assessments and performance improvement. So I know that we have members using it to look at HEDIS, you know, HEDIS measures and how can they close some of those gaps. And then, you know, what's at the crux of all this is some states are even including these variables and pay for performance contracts. And, you know, if we are expecting people to make these connections and do something about it, we've got to have that financial piece too. Absolutely. And I would say over the last few years, Illinois has really, I mean, I don't know that we have, a, I don't know that I have a meeting where I don't talk about social determinants of health and HFS, um, especially during the pandemic. Uh, I, I One of our guests recently on the podcast said that COVID brought social determinants of health into focus, like they were, you know, and health equity into focus. It's always been there. It's always been an issue. Those close to us um, and close to the space always knew Hey, this is part of the problem. You know, like it, it, if you don't address social determinants of health, if you don't address health equity, and these are separate things, they, they, they are often um, in, in the same conversation, but they are separate. But if you don't talk about them, if you don't address them, and you just talk about doctors and clinics and hospitals, like you're missing 80% of the conversation. Um, and so it's always been there, but the pandemic brought it into focus. And in Illinois, I think we really started to do some some great work. And so in 2020 and in 2021, in our capitation payments, a portion of our quality payment um, was specific to addressing social determinants of health. And, And how that was done was it was a requirement that it be reinvested within the community that there were really dollars and resources to do this work and to be purposeful about it. And it was made because the the director and and the administration and HFS really said, we know this is a challenge. We know that um, members don't have access to food. They, They need housing. They need transportation. We know that everything has gotten harder. And if we're hoping to improve diabetes or we're hoping to improve breast cancer screening or, you know, whatever it may be, we've got to help them as people. 
And, um, and our plans have done that and it's been amazing. And now um, what we're doing in, in 2022 is starting to really look at um, HEDA scores and the gaps um, by uh, race and ethnicity and by DIA zip codes and starting to say, okay, well, what are the challenges? Where are the gaps? And implementing um, interventions to sort of address those. And this is a, a long-term project. It's not going to happen overnight, but we know that the data um, and the information that, that Metopio has and that is out there and being really purposeful about it all can help us bend that that curve and make those improvements. Yeah. And I think you just said two things that are so important when you think about data. You know, I kicked us off by saying, let's talk all things data, but when you're really working in data and you know this, like there's always a question you want to answer and the data doesn't exist. And so we love curious people like you, Sam, who want to ask the questions until you get to a clear answer, because you may have to ask two or three questions before you have a clearer picture of how does one thing interact with the other. And, you know, data isn't perfect, especially government data, you know, for a long time, um, you know, especially this was really interesting with COVID when we first started analyzing the COVID numbers and providing those Metopio users, there wasn't any reporting around race ethnicity. So how are you going to look at a COVID population if you can't slice and dice it, right? And say, okay, these people are being affected in a different way than somebody else. And so really um, data governance is, you know, something we're always really interested in making sure that you have those stratifications, whether it's race, ethnicity, age, gender, whatever it might be. And then the other thing I will say is just being able to get that data at the zip code level, because you know, as well as I do, there's definitely a difference between urban and rural. And you can see that typically from county to county. But when you get into a major metropolitan area, you can't understand anything at a county level. If you're just looking at Cook County, at, you know, you don't see all the great nuances and diversity that we have here unless you're able to dig down to those stratifications and to those zip codes. So that's what we always try to do. And we don't have all the data, Metopio data, bringing in community context with the data that you have about your members and your plans is really like a winning combination. Absolutely. And I love that because like if you are familiar with Cook County and you just think it's a full county and you think of looking at something that says, you know, this is X, uh, you know, percentage of whatever, pick a metric. It doesn't matter in Cook County. I mean, you've just got to chuckle because it basically is useless because when you think of, I mean, even when you think within the city of Chicago, there's such diversity, zip code to zip code. Um, there's such diversity when you think of, um, you know, Evanston versus Chatham versus, I mean, you know, and then even, you know, pick up a, a neighborhood within Evanston, you know, like, I mean, it's just so different. And if you're not looking at that nuance, then the policies you're putting in place may or may not address what you need it to address. And I think, you know, when we talk about data governance, one thing, you know, we are trying to do here at, at, with the MCOs is really look at, at race and ethnicity and disparities because, and, and I'm a big, I always say this, that you can't address disparities unless you fully appreciate and understand what they are, because then you're just sort of throwing things at the wall and hoping it sticks. And maybe something stuck but you don't even know what. 
And so if you don't have or the why? data or <laughs> why, why, um, then you can't replicate it either. Maybe you fix something in one of these zip codes, but you don't know why and what it was. Um, and so, you know, we started to look at the, the data that we get from HFS on race and ethnicity. And there was this glare and it's still a challenge. We're working through it. But we've, the, you know, the plans pulled um, uh, Hispanic and, and Latino information. And then they pulled um, uh, people um, of African-American, you know, African-American and, and African-American data looked like, okay, like I'm, we know it's not perfect. Um, but the Latino data, one of our plans came back and they said, I'm like pulling this and pulling this. And I keep, it keeps saying that I have 20 members, 20 that identify as Latino. And then I said, well, that doesn't sound right. And, you know, so we had all the plans pull it and everybody was sort of in that, like, I don't think any plan, their data suggested they had more than a hundred members and I mean, we're talking about plans that have hundreds of thousands of members. So like, clearly there's just this data issue. Like, it's just the data they have, there's just, there's a breakdown somewhere. Um, and oh, go ahead. Right. Well, and with that race, ethnicity, I mean, you like, I've stopped quickie articles and disparity articles because either they're so in the weeds and it's such a microcosm that how do you take that and put it into your day-to-day decision-making or they're like, hey, use a trend line and see how a population changes over time. I'm like, that's great for data visualization, but you have to have the data in order to see that. And so they just skip over that part. And so, you know, it's really interesting because it's, it's I guess it's a soapbox of mine. It's just the whole conversation around disaggregation of race. And we had the new 2020 census data come out and we're looking at it. And now, you know, if the government was collecting uh, race ethnicity data, it was you know four major categories, non-Hispanic white, non-Hispanic black, Hispanic Latino, as you just pointed out, which is a whole nother thing to unpack, Asian Pacific Islander, but they added Nat- Native American and then they added two or more races. And at, you know my children are two or more races. And so that pot you can see growing quickly, which, is a bit problematic. Like it really reflects how diverse America is, which is fantastic, but it doesn't give you any sense of what two or more are. And so if we aren't careful, we're gonna end up with a potluck pool of people who need certain services and need to be connected and we can't understand them. So this is just, this is one of those places where Matobia just digs in and really wants to understand because we think it's important to understand that diversity and to be able to look at it so that you can do all the things that you were just talking about. Absolutely. And I, you know, I hadn't thought of that, right? Like, so acknowledging the human perspective that often it's so hard to check one box in this wonderful, diverse country um, that, that, you know, there, there, it's more often so many, you know, growing folks are, are more than one box. And so that part is wonderful. Like you don't, you don't have to check a single box, but then understanding the granularity so that you can provide appropriate public policy and make appropriate public policy decisions is so critical. 
Yeah, we just, you know, we will, I think we'll continue to default to the major, four major groups until as a, as a community, as a society, we figure out how do we want to look at that? Because we know that disparities and equity is based in the difference between people, right? And so if we can really look at that and try to address it, uh, I think it's just something we have to keep an eye on. But, you know, like I was saying, in places where we don't have, there's not always data that has that stratification. So you can look at race, ethnicity, but, you know, you all, like you said, are really digging into who are the members you serve. And when you can look at that against what the population looks like in a community, that's insight have that maybe you didn't have before. I'm serving more, you know, Hispanic and Latinos in this community. Um, than in the community next door, and they look a lot alike, you know, what can I do to serve more? Um, because we have programs that are working, we know that our interventions are good. So I think there's so much positive that can come out of asking those questions and asking enough questions that you actually get to some clarity or some actionable data. Absolutely. And they say, and I think this is where we probably have to end, but like, they say that when you ask the questions, and you tell people why you're asking the questions, you get better responses. If you um, explain, we want to know your race and ethnicity to ensure to, you know, bring in public health policy programs to um, better serve the community, you're more likely to get information back um, because they are, you know, folks are just more comfortable with, with answering the question. Um, because they know what you're using the information for. Um, and when they don't know what you're using the information for, there's just a hesitancy. And there and there are hesitancies in different communities more um, than, than others. And I think just recognizing that as we pursue policies and plans, implement um, healthcare interventions, that communities are different. And that one community, what they need is going to be different than what another community needs but to understand that you need data and that if we are going to be purposeful about addressing health equity, about social determinants of health, then we need to understand the landscape. And that is what Metopio does so well. And that how the plans are using that data to drive those decisions to be more impactful. Yeah. And I, I think that's a great note to end on. You know, it's Metopio doesn't follow there's no PHI, no PII. This is data that is safe to use, to use in your analysis. And, you know, you don't want to follow one Angie or one Sam. We, you want to find a whole bunch of Angies or a whole bunch of Sams, because that's really going to lift up the community with all the work that you're doing. And I'm just really excited that we're able to bring these tools to you guys and help break down some of the data silos and actually give people who are working with data, those knowledge workers who want to learn and use data in their day-to-day -day job, uh, the opportunity to do that. You know, you don't have to be a data scientist to use Metopio. You really don't. You could be a, a um, where do they call me? A geriatric millennial. You can, um, you can use Metopio. It's amazing. It's so powerful. And you know, I'm just, I'm so grateful for this conversation, Angie. I'm so grateful for the work that you do. And um, I definitely think there's more that we're going to want to dive into um, this year. And and I hope that you'll come back and join us to sort of talk about some of the work around um, what you guys are doing and how it's being used on the ground. Definitely. Definitely. I 
you're one of my favorite people to talk with, Sam. So happy to help you and your members at any time and really love talking about data. So thanks so much. Thank you. And likewise, Angie, to learn more about what I'm is doing and to listen to other interesting podcasts like this with Angie, um, we encourage you to visit our website at imhip.net. And of course, don't forget to like and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. I'm Samantha Oldsfry, the Sam and Sam Says. Thanks for joining us. And until next time, be well and stay safe.